Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, January 28th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. We come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. It's Friday. I hope that's also giving you a lift all on its own. But before we get to scripture, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, in the reading of your word and the listening of your word and the hearing of your word, may we be moved. May we be moved closer to you. May we turn back to our original creation, the goodness in which we have been formed by your hands. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Friends, listen to the story from John's Gospel, the third chapter, verses 1 through 21. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, How can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Those who believe in Him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, 
so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Tara, for our Friday fun question, what is the most absurd thing you've been tricked into doing or believing? Oh, goodness. Um, let's see. I, my older brother once told me when I was in third grade, I started getting migraines. I had a terrible headache. And he told me that he had read in his eighth grade science textbook about a girl who had headaches. And it turned out that when they cut open her head, her brain had been eaten away and half of it was gone. And I believed for longer than I should have. <laughs> That every time I got a headache, my brain was being eaten away. So, top that, sir. That's I, a terrible brother. That is a terrible brother. When I told him that, as it reminded him of it as an adult, he looked both ashamed and proud. Like, ashamed <laughs> that he had done it, proud that he pulled it off. I mean, pr- I mean, he should be proud of... I mean, he pulled out the... Um, he pulled out the legitimacy of. He read it in his eighth I mean, grade science. You can't science argue with science, that. Science, Brett. I, I wish it had happened today. I could have been like, science isn't real. <laughs> well, I went on Facebook and saw. Yeah, that. really. I have. Uh, yeah. What about you? Um, Tricked into doing tr- or believing? Uh, there was. I set the scene of um, every few months. My older cousin would take my brothers and his younger brothers uh, out on. A camping trip, um, and he, which is crazy to think about. Was it like Lord of the Flies? Like That's... he he was like he was like seventeen, uh, and he would take all these like eight and nine year olds, which is <laughs> Your like parents were like take them, we're whatever, tired. get them out if of here. They die, they die. <laughs> if they die, they die. <laughs> and uh, and it was always common for him and his his buddy would come and chaperone. I don't know. It's that really crazy hilarious. to think about. But they would tell a ghost story, um, and I literally could tell you. Every single one of those ghost stories. I remember them so vividly. Really? Oh, yeah. And in one of them, he tells the story of the, the the main characters are breaking into the school and they come across uh, who they eloquently named Dogface Girl. Oh, um, yes. A girl who had a dog face. Uh-huh. Uh, and then my cousin, who is a year or two older than me, who I would later learn was like literally a pathological liar, <laughs> told me, he's like, like that's a real thing person like that that they were talking about like that this girl really was born with a dog face and oh my gosh. i was i that you girl haunt, she haunted my dreams <laughs> for a long time i haven't told him that because he probably would he probably still would lie to me telling that yeah. it's true uh but yeah no that the was funny something. thing about that is like that all that sounds horrifying right yeah. but like i love my dog so much if a person had <laughs> gus's face i'd be like look at that face uh, but to our scripture. At the end of our scripture, we read the oh-so-familiar verse of John 3.16. But there's also more. What are we to make of the verses 17 through 21? You know, uh, people are interesting, right? Because we have, and I say we, as like the whole of Christendom, we put yeah. a lot of weight on John 3.16. Oh, yeah. Um, God so loved the world, he gave his only son so that everyone believes in him, may not perish, but may have eternal life. And I think in my context, living in the South my entire life, what that meant was, unless you accepted Jesus, you were going to hell. But if we would just read a little further, 
because it says, indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world. Mm -hmm. And I find that is so interesting to think that Christ came into the world not to condemn us, but to give us life and love and light. I think something else that's also been twisted, and I, I don't think I'm, I really believe this. I don't think it's just mental gymnastics on my part. Um, you know, when Jesus says, those who do not believe are condemned already, I don't know that he necessarily means those who do not believe in Jesus Christ in the 20th century. But I know that there was a time in my life when I could not believe in God's goodness and I was in fact condemned Condemned. already. Um, And so I think what Jesus is saying here is... It was a condemnation of ourselves. Yes, Uh, yes. And I... So I, I like to read this, like, what if we believe God is love, right? Um, those who believe, uh, those who don't believe in love are condemned already. I mean, I think everyone would agree that's pretty much a true statement yeah. because they haven't believed in love. And I think one of the paradoxes and hallmarks of our faith is that it takes a little belief on our part in order to walk into bigger belief that we had nothing to do with. Mm. And so... There's a lot in that. There's this is a, such a rich passage. This is a this is actually my favorite uh, funeral passage mm. um, because um, I think it's so evident. Uh, you know, we have a lot of views of God, um, and I think it's really evident when someone serves a God of love and when someone serves a God of condemnation. Yeah. Um, and and the many people I've had the privilege of doing funerals for certainly served a god of love uh john as you said john three seventeen is probably my favorite verse in, so the, deep. in, I in know, the bible I uh, because uh i mean so many of our views of god is a god just uh you know i, I think there's a far side comic and it's it's god on a computer and uh there's a man walking underneath um, a piano held by a rope and he's about to hit the enter key which but instead of return it says condemn mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. i think that's so yeah. it's, it's a joke but that is a popular view whether we consciously or subconsciously oh, realize yeah. it uh, and this is an absolute truth that that god is not here jesus christ did not come to condemn uh, but jesus came to save uh, and i mean what a what a flip of your view of God. Mm -hmm. I was in a Sunday school class. I was a very new Christian and, um, a woman was presenting kind of theories of uh, salvation. And she gave us the idea of universalism, right? That, um, sometime after death, we are all kind of confronted with the love of God. And it's so overwhelming that we're drawn to it. And this woman in the class threw her Bible down, stood up, and screamed, whatever happened to hell, and then left the room crying. And what I realized is that if you have been told your whole life, if you will just be good and you won't go to hell, when that's gone, it makes you question everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for her, she had a lot riding on the fact that she'd made the right choices and she was going to be rewarded for that. Now, I could quote other scripture that say that's absolutely not true. But um, I think when I read this too, when Jesus says there are people who love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil, I think my own personal experience is 
there are times when I have loved darkness because I thought I was evil. Mm. Maybe my, not my deeds so much, but I didn't believe what the psalmist wrote, that I was God's beloved creation. And I felt like I constantly had to hide myself. And of course, the greatest truth of my life is that in knowing Christ, I was completely transformed. Oh, I'm actually a beloved child of God, and I am offered love at every turn. One of the things I I love about Reformed theology is, you know, if we're, there's kind of, I think, two ways to look at, especially the ending of this, but those who do what is true come to the light. So, you know, uh, it's like, you can look at that of like, oh, I need to do the right thing so that I can come to the light. But Reformed theology is, is like, no, look back at verse 16. It was Jesus who saved you first, and then you were able to come to the light. And, and, and you that, can't do a good enough thing you can't do a good to enough earn thing. the light. Yeah, it's it's not just a decision that you make, but it's, it's actually God's grace that touches you first. Uh, and I think that that is such a minor... Uh, in words, major in theology shift that I find so much comfort in. So much. And I, one of the things too, when I was reading this, you know, we make meaning for humanity out of these verses. And I think that's appropriate. And I think the author of John's gospel certainly wants that to happen, but he's still talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, who was probably a good and faithful man. And I feel like Jesus is saying, you are a good and faithful man come to the light. You're not going to lose anything. You're only going to gain. Um, but I don't know that Nicodemus could let, let go. And I know there are times in my life when I haven't been able to let go either, but it is a game changer for me to think about my faith in Christ as being one that has no interest in condemning anyone, but is only interested in love and light. And now hear a quote from author Donald Miller. If we hear in our inner ear a voice saying we are failures, we are losers, we will never amount to anything, this is the voice of Satan trying to convince the bride that the groom does not love her. This is not the voice of God. God woos us with kindness. Thank you all for being with us. We'll be back again on Monday. We hope you have a wonderful and safe weekend. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen.